0: Hi, this is Edward October for OctoberPodVHS.com, here to tell you what people are saying about our true crime podcast. A thread store in Arizona says, Too much dribble and slang. These ladies obviously enjoy their own humor and sound high. Hey, at least they called you ladies. Benny from Idaho says, Your topics are so appealing, but a three-person pod is difficult enough to follow without banter? Um, our true crime podcast only has two people wait 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 wait. where's the other 100 five star reviews can somebody give me the five star reviews okay here we go much better luscious lee says stand up five stars you girls are funny af i especially love the me and mrs jones rendition you sneak into the recording cherry g 107 says i struggle finding a new podcast and so far i've been hooked to you guys podcasts keep up the good work thumbs up thumbs up smiley face Our true crime podcast, two girls, one story, and lots of bad renditions of songs you love. Available on your favorite podcatcher. Go binge it today.
1: Glamurosa Rainha do fã Poderosa Poderosa.
2: Olhar, Olhar de diamante dia, Nos anime, envolve e nos
1: fascina Agita o salão Balança gostoso Requebrando, requebrando até o chão, chão. Se <risos> quiser falar de amor Fale <risos> com o Marcinho Vou te lambuzar Te encher de carinho Em matéria de amor Todos me conhecem bem Vou fazer tu vibrar No meu estilo Vai e vem Minha catita tá doida Vou te dar um beijo na <risos> boca Beijar teu corpiteiro Te deixar muito louca Vem me sai, Em península por fosão gostoso Vai descendo até o chão uh! okay thank you can you speed that up so I sound like a a, a robot a clown yes mm-hmm. uh-huh.
2: thank you last time we did, made the request I didn't speed you up and I will not again anyways great <laughs> <laughs> that was great though oh my god guys hello um shouldn't even address it <laughs> I should address it okay this was a song by the nice what is hurricane 2000 Hurricane 2000,
1: it was a, a record label. Oh, it's, um, a label. Okay. It, it's still a record mm-hmm. label. Um, and it was created by what's his fucking name? I remember his wife's name anyway. <laughs> him, the dude uh, from uh Furacon 2000, oh, it yeah, was a record label yeah. made for MCs and uh funk singers. Funk singers so, yeah. funk in Brazil is basically twerking music, it's not. Mm-hmm. Funk like the rhythm yeah. that we have here. Yeah. Um. So I think it like began in the nineties. Maybe I mm. remember like listening to a lot of songs growing up. So I'm assuming at least like ninety seven. Mm. But it's probably older than that. Yeah. Um.
2: Yep. Yeah. So that's it. And uh, we sang Hurricane a uh, song from MC Marcinho, an artist signed by Hurricane Two Thousand, because I. It delayed this week's episode because of the hurricane that never came towards my direction we prepare for it we wash the dishes we set the table but the they didn't come over so yeah that was it um so yeah now you guys have an episode thursday instead of the regular wednesday or tuesday so yeah thank you dorian anyways this week we're wait, wait wait, wait, another wait. Brazil- no wait who are no. we okay before First things That's first. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I am MC
1: Carol, and I am not <laughs> an MC. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm
2: Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: Okay, and this, this is a yes. true crime podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, we cover all things. All, all, not all things, but probably all crimes uh happening in Latin America or involving Latin people. Sometimes we do those too. yeah and we were on a non-Brazilian streak lately. Mm-hmm. But I swear, guys, we have some um like non-Brazilian outlines like in the toaster waiting for it to pop, you know? So the next few ones are gonna be non Brazilian, but we're doing this one for a break because I have to say I'm in like such a vibe with like cases of missing kids lately. Cause I've been listening missing kids in like big conspiracies, really. And when they combine, because uh, I've been listening, and I'm gonna um, recommend this on the beginning of the episode so you guys know. But don't listen to this before you listen to us, okay? But um, Caso Evandro, the podcast, it's like the only true crime podcast in Portuguese that I could find.
1: Well, that is and until we launch our own. Spoiler alert!
2: Oh no! But of course. <laughs> but like you, Steph, you need to listen to us so we can cover it. Because I cannot do an outline by myself. It's like so much. You know, when you do like combine efforts, it's like huge, huge, but huge. But the thing is, I don't like listening
1: to podcasts about cases that I write outlines on.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you no, know, I know, but it's because like, I'm like, what if I like inadvertently you, t-
1: like use their words? You know what I mean? Like, if I've ever mm-hmm. like, no, but you can, like, um, you guys don't know which outlines i write or which outline Mm Kara writes or which outlines we both write yeah but like with my outlines if i use someone else's words i Mm -hmm. i'm not doing it on purpose it's like completely accidental yeah but like i'm terrified that i will like listen to a podcast or watch something that's not like a documentary and like accidentally mm-hmm. plagiarize that because i've done that like when yeah. i thought that i was a songwriter let me tell you i used to write so many songs that i would later find out were like basically a ripoff of songs that i liked so
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm just scared <laughs> no but, so let's do this okay listen to the podcast i'll write the outline and i'll make sure there's no plagiarism involved okay. just so we can like talk about okay. it and you know yeah. Like, exactly what's going on because it's big, big missing kids, big, big conspiracies. I'm talking conspira- tons of plot twists, and we will maybe cover it because also it's like so big that it's like it involves so much. But, anyways, if you are a Portuguese speaker, don't have to be Brazilian, but if you kind of understand Spanish too, you can probably slow it down and understand yeah. it. It's what I do with Spanish and I'm researching. Um, cases that are not in portuguese anyways this is too much um in my non-spanish-speaking brain but anyways uh if you know how to sp- understand portuguese you can listen to casa evandro on like every single um platform out there it's a season of a podcast called project humanos project humanos and definitely i'm saying i'm like seriously recommending it guys listen to it not Anyways, I did this, I chose this case to do it today. It was like in my mind for like, you know, years. But because I'm like in this vibe of like talking about big conspiracies and I just wanted to get this energy out of my system, basically. And that's it. So, without further ado, today we're talking about the case of Lucas Teja, which is just immense, too. It's like a big, huge case, which. Deserve, let, let me just say this it deserves to be bigger than it actually was, and it was already pretty big. But we'll talk about the conspiracy elements involved in it once we get to those parts of the story. Okay, 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 good, okay. So, first off, before we start, I want, a- I want to ask you guys to right now write us an iTunes review. Okay, I was asking, you know, but now I'm literally like demanding it this is an order go write as an itunes review if you haven't already and i mean if you don't listen to us on itunes you can still do that like it takes literally five seconds or you can do like me that i i actually have like five episodes five like five podcast apps on my phone mm-hmm. and i listen to like i use every single app to listen to a different podcast so i don't lose my place on them so I'm listening to Casa Vendor on Spotify, and, like, the different ones, like, on different platforms <laughs> and stuff. Because you lose your place. You can only listen to one episode at once on each exactly. platform. Exactly. That's right? very smart. Yeah.
1: I, uh, uh, so I go. listen to us on PodCoin. Um, if you guys don't know, PodCoin is, like, a an app where you can listen to podcasts and, like, you get little points and you can exchange them for gift cards. But I've listened to a lot of, like, episodes go. and I haven't made it to one gift card. Anyway, and then I listen to <laughs> last podcast obviously on Spotify. Then mm-hmm. like I'll listen to like a random podcast on um Google Play Music, but typically what I do is I download mm-hmm. all the episodes of let's say if I'm listening to Susperia, <laughs> if I'm listening to Susperia, download all the available episodes on iTunes and just put it on my iPod and then I can mm-hmm. just listen to it on my iPod. binge listening
2: yeah so (laughs) so anyways once now that you had enough time to write us an itunes review that's how fast it is uh this outline is based on articles from g1 the linha direta episode done on this case and a video by freak tv freak tv is like a really good they have like a good um true crime series Mm -hmm. again for portuguese speakers and they are like really well researched and this is the first time we actually use them as a source, but I will always recommend them if you are a Portuguese speaker and you like true crime because they cover a bunch of other cases like really well. Is so, Freak TV yeah.
1: the, the channel um, that... Yes, it is. I just looked it up. Yep. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, is that Miliwonka's channel? Because I Miliwonka, fucking love dude. Miliwonka. Yeah. I remember like... I have watched him like for at least 10 years now. Me too. I'm like, that oh my god, kid, that YouTube channel sounds like so familiar. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's Media Wonka.
2: Like, I I click on it, uh-huh. and I'm like, I recognize those eyes. Never mind, uh-huh. it's him, it's him. Dude, the first time I saw the channel, I was like, huh, he's in Portuguese. He's interesting. I'm gonna click, and then I saw his face, and I was like, oh! What? oh my god, he's you still know, dating like, Lana. It was such a pleasant surprise. That's so amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Anyways, guys, <laughs> this is too much. Anyways, excitement. So right off the bat okay i'll start this by saying that um you guys need to know that this case is more or less solved but it's still open so there are there is an official narrative for what happened however more than likely it's not the full and complete story we'll get to those parts and we'll say it like you'll you'll know when the truth like narrative ends and when the quote-unquote conspiracy begins you know when the well this is not sure because it's not done in legal terms yet does that make sense yeah like it's it's not done and over so it is probably going to be very soon and we'll let you know probably on an episode of breaking the format which we don't i think i don't think we will have a breaking the format this week because not enough things have happened in the world in this one week so so, Lucas Vargas Terra was born in Salvador, Bahia, on October 20th, 1986. He was a 14-year-old boy who was the youngest of three brothers, and he was very loved and close to his family. He was young, but he was a very serious person. He had a really, like, you know, serious, like, poker face personality. Just like and me. And he was very... uh That's a lot but, like me. Yeah. He was very religious and very driven. But we'll put a pin on that and go back to that later. So he and his family were from Bahia, but they didn't live there all his life. His mom, Marion, lived in Italy, actually, and the whole family had a plan to move to Italy very soon. But in the meantime, Lucas lived with his dad and his siblings in Rio. So, with this big move in the horizon, the family decides to rel- relocate from Rio back to Salvador in January of 2001 to spend time with family and tie up some loose strings, probably. So, that is actually very common that, like, the one parent goes first and then, like, the rest of the family follows. Like, I've seen that happen AKA more than not. Huh? <laughs> AKA the story of my life. <laughs> yeah, like, you know. I feel, I feel like it's more common for a family to come, like, in pieces and bits yeah. rather than, like, the whole family to, like, m- immigrate at once. So it's not like the family was separated or that, like, the dad, the, the parents were still together and everything. And yeah. they, you know, not no spoilers, but, like, you know, they remained together for, like, a long, long, long time. But um, Lucas, as I said, was very religious. And he was like the most involved as possible with the church back in rio so when he moved to salvador uh he quickly saw another church to be a part of we will talk a lot more about the church itself in a bit just so we don't do too much right the right off the bat like this but the church that lucas was a part of is a mega church called igreja universal do reino de deus oh my god remind me at the end of the
1: episode i need i, I have a story about it. <laughs>
2: Universal. You have a story about it, really? Okay. Yes, I used to no, go to that you're gonna, you're gonna have a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so that means the Universal Church of God's Kingdom, my free translation. Okay, there's three of them so in that,
1: Boston. Just so you know,
2: <sighs> there's at least like two here, two in Orlando. Yeah, so they are a neo-Pentecostal church, whatever that means. So, the easiest way to explain what the church is is that there's sort of like a chain church, so you're talking a mega church, yes, but the story doesn't take place in like a Joe Olstein, like thousands of people church. It takes place in like little chapters of the mega church, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like it's it's you know it's you have the Times Square McDonald's, and then you have the McDonald's down the street from my house. You know what I mean? There's a difference, okay, okay, so there's so within the churches there is a hierarchy and the congregation follows that hierarchy so lucas was in a leadership leadership position in the church he was 14 but he was still like a leader um he was one of the church's obreros which i try to find like a translation for it but i couldn't really my mom was ob- a <laughs> <an
1: obrero>. yeah <laughs> so basically yeah. they're like they, like, volunteer for the church and, mm-hmm. like, they help, like, set up the ceremonies and, like, organize everything. Mm-hmm. It's basically, like, an idiot that stands there and does whatever the pastor <laughs> tells them to.
2: They work close together with the pastors and sort of, like, assistant jobs. Yeah. Like, what I found, there's, like, sort of a hi- uh, hierarchy, like, in between the updates too. Like, some of them are, like, better with the pastors than others. Like, some of them will clean the bathrooms and some of them won't clean the bathrooms kind of thing. Yeah so yeah i'm sure that that also varies from church to church but i feel like it's um fair to explain uh for people that are not familiar with that so um it's very common and something like people do when they want to become a pastor with the church the first step is to become an nobredo right so mm-hmm. that was actually lucas plan he wasn't a an and he was he wanted to become a pastor or a bishop you know, and rise up within the church in his life. That's what he wanted his career to be like. So, again, he was 14 and he was already, like, you know, like, trying to drive up, you know, and so, as a result, when he moved to Salvador, he was able to still keep his position within the church, even though he was, like, a new person, you know, and theoretically he would have, like, spent a little more time within the congregation, etc., but he was allowed to just, like, pick up where he left off in rio basically so he was very dedicated to his job and he spent all his time outside of school in the church and it said that like all he did was for god you know like all he thought about like all his free time was like devoted to the church like he was very um dedicated to it and again it's a volunteer job it's not like he's being paid yeah so hmm
1: So one of the pastors Lucas and the other obreros worked for was Silvio Galiza. He was 21 and a new pastor to the church. He had just been transferred from another chapter, which can I say, like, I used to go to church and Mm -hmm. like, I loved going to church. And like, my favorite thing was when they were like super young pastors, because I was like, oh, my God, I can totally relate to you. (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) now the reason for this transfer is not really specified, but it was due to some problematic behavior. He wasn't, like, the lead pastor, by the way. Uh, we picture him as the guy that warms up the crowd before the big pastor comes in, but don't quote us on that. Anyway, he chose Lucas to be his little helper. They would work side-by-side doing church stuff as sort of like an apprentice. So Lucas was sort of like his apprentice.
2: Yeah. I mean, I have, like, the thought... I didn't see this anywhere, so again, don't quote us. But, like, I kind of had the impression that Lucas thought this... was this was kind of like a mentorship situation yeah. you know yeah that he was like immediately was talking about this he was like no this is um sort of like he's learning like what does what does the pastor do and seeing if he really wants to like do this but I didn't see this in, like any other um sources but i think it's a fair assumption that this was mentorship you know and he thought that he could get ahead like because he's not the only person in the church that wants to become a pastor you know what i mean like he's yeah going through some competition too so if he has a close relationship with the pastor he can get like farther ahead so and being a pastor pastor
1: in brazil is an extremely
2: lucrative profession Mm because you make a shit ton of money so again we'll talk about this later yeah like that's not the real too much of the case i have a nice dedicated space to talk about the church in his outline (laughs) god
1: this is gonna be fun for me not anyway so because lucas was 14 and he was spending all his time in the church he quickly developed a crush on a girl from the congregation his dad says that it was his first love he was very excited and she was into him too now because Mm -hmm. they met in church and they were both you know, good kids, yada, yada. Usually, a normal pastor would fully endorse the relationship. Mm -hmm. Silvio, however, condemned it. He was jealous of Lucas, and he didn't even try to hide it. He was always on Lucas, monitoring his every step. He didn't even like it when Lucas interacted with other people, especially girls. Witnesses said that it was known, and the congregation noticed, that the pastor was kind of unusually close to Lucas, he was obsessed. Lucas's girlfriend was actually kicked out of the church. That's how far mm-hmm. the obsession went.
2: Mm-hmm. She it was like humiliated, persecuted, like out of the church, basically.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you
2: do you do not want to be kicked out of the church. I've I've seen mm-hmm. that happen. It's not good. Um, and just for like dating a kid, and we're talking about like Christian dating. We're not talking about yeah. making out so, in the church basement. You know what I mean? We're talking about I chose holding Max. <laughs> Exactly, (laughs) I chose you. We're talking about (gasps) I chose you. No, really. No, it's a very like wholesome relationship. It's not. There's like probably nothing. Just probably having like they probably don't even hold hands yet. They're probably just like talking to each other. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, no reason. (laughs) So there
1: was one incident where Lucas and other obreros were doing some work at the church and they stayed over pretty late. Uh, Silvio then told the boys that it was better for them to stay and sleep. You know, at the church because the streets are dangerous, etc. Because you know it's Brazil. Now it's, it's Bahia, it's
2: Salvador. It's
1: not it's the safest. yeah. Now yeah. the other boys slept in the pews or on the pews, but Lucas was invited to sleep with the pastor on his motherfucking bed. Yikes! Red flags, red flags everywhere,
2: popping up everywhere. Yeah, cannons of red flags.
1: Now it is fair to point out that his dad didn't know anything about this, and also Silvio repeatedly asked Lucas to sleep uh, in the church in the past. He would always say no, but he might have said yes this time because there was another boy there. The congregation didn't like that at all. Obviously, it had reached uh, it all had reached the ears of Silvio's superiors, and they decided that it was time for another transfer. The keepers, anyone? The keepers. <laughs>
2: Geth- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing.
1: Not to speculate too much, but we wonder what was the reason why he had been transferred the first time. Anywho, he wasn't a pastor at that chapter anymore, but they couldn't keep him from attending the church as a civilian, and that's how he kept close to Lucas. Creep. <sighs>
2: so it's now march 21st 2001 lucas is hanging out with his friends outside of the church when someone starts calling his name from the other side of the street it was two of you obviously so he's like calling lucas like you know come talk with me or check something out or something anyways and so he says goodbye to his friends and they're like red flag dude you've been here for literally two months don't go into an adventure with some crazy creepy stranger. Like you don't know how to get home by yourself. Like you don't know which bus is your bus. Like he was new in town anyways. Like he he has no idea like how to. Like where things are. And you know what neighborhoods are, which neighborhoods. So it's unsafe for him to be out by, his, by himself. And they know that that guy is kind of like sketchy. So but the friends are like super wary of the situation. But. Regardless, Lucas decides to go and see what the pastor was up to. Because teenagers don't S- listen, like. Yeah. I mean, Silvio wasn't by himself. So he was with another pastor. So one could say that he might have that Lucas might have perceived the situation as a lot less dangerous than it actually was. So again, he's trying to get some leverage within the church, you know. And and who knows you know soon after uh, lucas met with the pastors the second pastor left and left um sylvia and lucas by themselves so lucas and sylvia got in a bus on a bus is it on a bus or in a bus got on a bus on a bus yeah english doesn't make any sense yeah I don't, i'm because on a bus kind of implies that they're like sitting on top of a bus
1: Do I say I got in my... No, I I say I I got in my car, so it would be in In, the bus. In the bus. Yeah, I don't fucking know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like... Anyway, yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Lucas and Silvio got in the bus, and they went to another church at the huber neighborhood. There, Lucas called his dad from a public phone to inform him of his whereabouts. He was the kind of kid that was always calling, like he didn't have a cell phone but he would always call to see to say where he was going and if the planes like changed like if he was going to go to a different place after that he would have called his dad again to sell just tell him or that or if he was gonna like stay the night he would have called his dad to tell yeah you know what his plans were he told his dad that he was he would made a church with silvio because they were like going for like some kind of like prayer night kind of situation and the dad was like okay prayer night whatever you know so let's point two things out so first no red flags were raised by the dad because he didn't know sylvia was obsessed with his his son he didn't know about the whole situation that um lucas had slept in a bed with him like he didn't know about that he he literally just thought your son was like going to church and that's like safest place you know so even if he knew that the guy was kind of sketchy like he's going to church like whatever it's safe and second lucas probably didn't think the situation was strange because a prayer night is exactly something that obreros would do like this is uh, i consulted a wikipedia page for the church and it, all its lists like on obligations that obreros have to do it's like pray and speaking tongues and like you know reach out to people and pray for people and help pastors praying like it's all with prayer so this is probably something that lucas did pretty often as nobredo yeah you know more about this stuff than i do but like it and it's it seems super ordinary like like prayer prayer nights are very popular in like every
1: protestant church in brazil Mm -hmm. like we when i lived with my grandma we held like a prayer night at her house like every wednesday i think every wednesday night Mm -hmm. um and it would like rotate different houses like every night it would be at a different house mind you we had to go to church service and then we had to have prayer night so it was like praying on top of praying
2: anyway i'm so glad my parents religion is just (laughs) you do whatever you want you want to come you want to come that's cool that's cool if you don't want to come that's cool too you do whatever you want
1: hey at least i don't belong to my great aunts um church where women can't wear pants makeup or cut their hair so oh that kind of person yeah my great aunt has like disgustingly long hair and she would completely pretend she didn't know me if she ever saw me wearing makeup she would just act
2: like she never met me (laughs) so (laughs) yeah oh man i love religion anyways back to luca's Lucas didn't come home the next day after he he went missing, basically. So Carlos' dad goes to Silvio to check on Lucas. Silvio tells him that he dropped Lucas off at a bus stop in the neighborhood of Pirituba the previous night. And, you know, who knows where he went after that. Except that that wasn't where Lucas had said he'd be at the previous night. You know, he was at the previous night. So now the dad's starting to panic just a little bit because he's like i have no idea where my kid actually was you know this guy says pirituba my kid said hill vermelho where is it so yeah um in pirituba no one had heard of him and also even the <laughs> no one had heard of him so so carlos informed the police and the investigation starts however the dad uh, spearheads his own search efforts he's like going all around town trying to see like All different churches to see if he was there because also, um, Lucas was new in town again. It could be that he didn't know where he was, that he thought he he wasn't human, but he was actually, and you know, whatever.
1: So, two days after Lucas goes missing, they find the body of a child inside a wooden box in an empty lot of the Vasco da Gama Avenue. It was carbonized, completely burnt. Carlos couldn't bring himself to do de-identification. So a friend did it and said it wasn't Lucas. Investigators opted to do a DNA test. And since it takes a while for the results to come back, several things happened in the meantime. First, the search for Lucas didn't stop. The media shared his picture and there was a couple of thousand reais reward offered for anyone who held information on his whereabouts. So since Carlos was still doing his own investigating, he decided to talk to Silvio again for some insight. That's when he contradicts himself. He says that he had dropped Lucas off at a bus stop in Rio Vermelho. Dun dun dun. So, of course, Carlos tells the police that this dude is acting suspiciously. Police question Silvio and gives him yet another, and he gives them yet another version of events.
2: Didn't believe this guy exactly. like he can't even keep
1: <laughs> stick to his story. What a fucking moron! Yeah. Another thing. Well, it's a good thing that he's a moron because then that's how people get caught. Anyway, yeah. another thing that happened is that investigators had found this case to be very hard to investigate. They had tons and tons of fake leads, lies being told left to right. Everyone connected to the church would say things that didn't match up, and it was completely crazy. The media was also persecuted by the church. There was a missing kid, and they were just trying to report facts, not even launching big investigations or anything, but reporters got death threats regardless. Mm-hmm. Carlos and the rest of the family were also threatened, and a friend of the family got threats so serious that he had to be put on witness prote- on a witness protection program.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, it's reportedly said that the congregation, like people from the church were, like, instructed to lie about the case. Which wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. No, because, I mean, to think about it, uh, Lucas was someone that everyone kind of knew about. First, because he was so dedicated to the church, and second, because he was kind of a part of the scandal. He's the guy that slept in the same bed with the, pa- with the pastor, you know? Yeah. He's the reason why the pastor got transferred. And the whole girlfriend thing. It's, like, a lot of things revolving things revolving around him. So just saying that story to the police would kind of be damning to Sylvia. Right. Yes. So people didn't want. Uh, someone didn't want people to talk. So I'm saying. I want to pref- like say one thing before we um dive into the church itself. Um, we're not criticizing anyone's religion. All right, you do you, but we're criticizing the organization that Universal represents, and explaining it. In relation to the case, so we're not just throwing facts out there to shame uh the victim's religion or anything. Like we're just saying that maybe circumstances allow for certain things to happen, and that's it. All right, all right. We're a neutral podcast,
1: anyways. <laughs> are we?
2: <laughs> no, we are. <laughs> no, no. When it comes like we're not shaming anyone. We're not saying it's wrong. We're s- we're all, all I'm going to say here is facts that I got off the internet. There's no secrets to anyone. There's no conspiracies. Just things that are very known to everyone. And I'm just saying it to have some context. Okay. So do you want to say it? or You can say it. I can say it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's use this designated five minutes to talk about the church. So everything, again, that we said here is not opinions, but just little snippets of information that are no secret that everyone knows about. Okay, so Universal do Reino de Deus is a immense church. They're huge. They are Brazilian born, yes. But they are active in 127 countries with over 6 million followers worldwide. So this is a big church, you guys. This is huge. It's a mega church. Anyways, they... <laughs> uh? It's a mega church. A mega church, yeah. So they own TV channels, radio stations, huge ass churches, planes, mansions, you name it. They own it and they are also kind of crooked they have been involved with like money laundry scandals and they're known for kind of milking money out of people when they cannot really pay for it and this is it's actual like um lawsuits that have been brought on them and they had to like pay some of the money back you know it's they're kind of known for doing that kind of stuff it's kind of predatory the way they do it my grandma was actually a victim of that kind of things see because they have like a channel that is basically like infomercials for like Jesus. Yeah, that's <laughs> what the. And they were selling like these um, it, dude, I remember like exactly the day they're selling like these like towels, like hand towels, holy were, like, towels, <laughs> the holy towels for like hundreds. And my grandma bought one, like and she was super like convinced it was gonna do something. She did. She, she wasn't even sick, but she just bought it. <laughs> And, yeah, and it was kind of like, you know, they really believe, like, you know, in the power and the healing. I remember seeing one that was, they were selling, like, a little brick that you could put in your house. Like, if you're building a house, uh, they sell, like, a blessed brick. and you get, Like, they sell that kind of thing, which... Yeah. You know, you buy if you want to buy it, but, like, you know, it is it worth a hundred something bucks for a brick or a towel? And
1: speaking from personal experience uh i i went to uh universal as a, a small child i i would say mm-hmm. until maybe the age of seven ish and then from like nine to ten so quite a few years of my mm-hmm. life i were spent at universal even as a, a small child they would um shame us shame the children for not uh giving out uh tithes um Mm. even though we like had no money (laughs) yeah and i remember that this one time when i was i think it must have been nine um because this is what they do they do the ceremony like the prayer or whatever i don't know how to say it in english Mm -hmm. school they do the little ceremony and at the end of it they either walk around with a bag uh for you to like give your donations or they're like okay the bag is here everybody walk towards the stage and like give us your money and um I remember when I was like nine I didn't have any money but I felt so ashamed that I didn't have money that I literally like reached into my pocket closed my empty hand walked to the stage and like put my hand in the bag and like open it as if i was leaving like some change but i wasn't Mm. and (laughs) i uh i think the last time i went there i was 14 i wasn't like regularly going to the church anymore i went there uh they actually have like this uh big big uh they have like several of them in my hometown but the big Mm. big uh one is like gold plated on the outside (laughs) (laughs) there's like there's like gold plating on like (laughs) the pillars of the church uh so like my sister was going through like a hard time like emotionally Mm. speaking so we went there and they were like oh yeah you don't have money okay we have a credit card machine you can just swipe your credit card and you can donate money to us and i was like that's when i was starting to get a little bit fed up with church Mm. (laughs) so yeah yeah, they're yeah. they're very Which, predatory, even towards I children. Mean,
2: yeah, I mean, I'm not totally opposed like giving money to churches and stuff, because churches need money to operate and stuff. And even though I'm like super atheist, whatever, but like, you know, it's it's a f- fact of the world that you need money to operate certain things, and they can use that money to help people and make sure that everything is running smoothly because it's a place where people go to congregate and like ask for help and stuff. And it's, I feel like it's useful in society somewhat but the money is being laundered the money is being like taken out of people that could actually use the money that i'm against that in those portions you know and because they aren't i don't know i don't feel like a church should be that big that they can do what they did with this case anyways or have gold-plated pillars (laughs) a gold-plated exactly (laughs) like exactly yeah yeah, people are like filthy rich with money they get from poor people i just i can't can't, i'm sorry i'll talk
1: more about like church and money like (laughs) from my experience at the end of the episode but okay okay back to lucas 12 days after he went missing, the DNA test came back as positive and it was indeed Lucas's body that was found, which is really sad. An autopsy showed that Lucas had been bound, gagged, and raped. There was an unsuccessful attempt to asphyxiate him and then he was burned alive, which is awful. (sighs) This reminds me of like the one of the first true crime cases that really like shattered my existence i don't remember the name of the victim now but she was like a middle school girl who was like mm-hmm. tortured by like three of her classmates and she was burned alive anyway um it was determined that the fabric they had used um that the person used as a gag was identical to the fabric that was used in the universal churches as curtains mm-hmm the place where the body was found was 2 kilometers, that's a little over a mile, away from the church Lucas said that he was at
2: in Rio Vermelho. Oh. So by then, Mario and Lucas's mom is on her way back to Brazil. By the way, until then, she didn't know anything that was going on. So, yeah, she would try and like talk to Lucas when she called, but Carlos would always tell her, that he was busy or not there at church she didn't think much of it but he didn't have the guts to tell her was was actually going on and i get it because that also goes to like the hope that you're gonna find your kid alive you know and this is right before right after the 90s which the 90s like we kind of talked about this uh, we brushed on it on our Ivisata episode that the 90s were like known for kids being kidnapped yeah, and so they might have looked at Lucas and being like, "Oh, this kid has money," even the, you know, like his mom is in Italy and whatever, and they might have like yeah. thought that and whatever, and then he's just waiting for a ransom like request, you know. But um, that didn't happen. Like, Lucas was actually dead. But I get like the hope and uh, not wanting to like worry the mom too much, um, when you don't really know the things, but. Uh, so the investigators the investigations kind of stall for a few months and as we said it was a really complicated situation also with death threats and you know our organization blah blah blah, 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 blah. we get it anyways um so it isn't until october of that year that they charge charge Silvio gadiza with the murder understandable but uh, like he was the last person who saw him many witnesses said he was obsessed with him and he couldn't get his story straight so why did it wait so long to arrest him question mark i can only speculate anyways he was charged but he wasn't arrested suspicious much that prompted Carlos to sit outside of the prosecutor's office for however long it took for them to arrest the guy. Basically. He didn't sit for. He didn't actually, you know, wait that long. But Carlos and Marion were outraged, uh, with the inaction of the justice the justice system, and became it became very clear to them that it was only happening because the church was involved in the case some type of way. Uh, Silvio had the best lawyer in the entire country defending him, and he was poor. So who? Who's paying for that, really? And also, who else would have enough power to stall a high-profile case like this, but a big um, organization like Universal? It's complicated. So, Carlos and Marion uh, went to several NGOs and human rights organizations to demand action, really. And they even went to Switzerland to talk to the UN about what was going on. So they are like great parents. Yeah, they like just put they, a, yeah. Like they like are they are doing whatever they can.
1: Exactly, their parents are yeah. like don't accept this bullshit, which is great. Mm-hmm. Love
2: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So it wasn't until 2004 that they scheduled scheduled a trial. Scheduling. <sighs> guys. Silvio ended up being sentenced to 23 years and five months in prison, but after all the appeals and all the bullshit because you guys know how the Brazilian justice system is. Mm -hmm. Anyway, his sentence was reduced to 15 years. In 2007... Burning a kid alive. Yeah, and raping a kid, then burning him alive. 2007, the church paid a 2 million reais uh, settlement to the Terra family for non-material losses, basically because they fostered a consequence-free environment that allowed for a guy to do whatever he wanted in the church. Just as a reminder, he acted creepy, developed an obsession, kicked a girl out of the church for no fucking reason, was super controlling with an obrero, and then fucking <laughs> raped and murdered him. Not, like... In the church, probably. Exactly. Now, there was always a suspicion that this wasn't a crime done, done by a single person. In 2006, the case got interesting again. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. Drum roll. So, there's a show we have mentioned here at least 50 times, and we use it as a source for, like, a lot of our outlines, and it's one of the best Most. TV shows in Brazilian <laughs> TV history. <laughs> Yeah. Liengereta, which we've talked about sort of like America's Most Wanted but like an amazing version of it and they do like crime reenactments and it's amazing go look mm-hmm. for Lian Jireta and I've amazing. already told you guys that there's some Definitely. episodes on YouTube that have English subtitles like 90% of the episodes are on YouTube and some of them have English subtitles so go watch Lian it's spelled
2: da-da-da-da, yes. Da-da-da-da, yes, yes it's mm-hmm. spelled
1: L-I-N-H-A and then the second word is D as in dick I-R-E-T as in Tom-A, linha direta. Anyway, Mm -hmm. while producing the episode on Lucas Terra, they got an interview with Silvio Galiza, and he gave them yet another version of the facts. He said that he he was innocent. (laughs) He said he was innocent, obviously, that the real culprits were Pastor João Miranda Macedo, Bishop Fernando Aparecido da Silva, and their security officer, Luiz Claudio. According to Silvio, Lucas was killed because he had seen
2: the pastor and the bishop dipping the corn dog in the batter. (laughs) If you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. He had witnessed an act of sin and he could not live to talk about it.
1: Yeah. And get this. This version was accepted by the prosecution. It was alleged that Sylvia was paid off and or threatened. And that's why the blame fell on him. Which to me sounds like a load of bullshit but whatever
2: guys i mean i'm gonna talk about this later but i mean in 2008 the process was officially opened with the charges against joel fernando joel and and fernando but they were declared innocent in 2013 but lucas's family appealed the decision and in 2015 it was ruled that they should go to trial by jury So they appealed, of course, and in 2018, the decision was overturned, and it remains like that. There's legal barriers that keep the case from going to a jury, but officially, the case status is that the bishop and the pastor are awaiting their trial. It's very much speculated that the legal process is moving so slow because the culprits are waiting for the statute of limitations to be up, and that ends That is in 2021 Which is fucking ridiculous Of course Brazil would
1: have a fucking Statute of limitations on murder Of
2: 20 years yeah for murder I can't even (laughs) Yeah So also as of 2012 Steph you're gonna lose it but Silvio is serving an open sentence That means that he has to sleep In jail and can leave on weekends But the And and can't leave on weekends But his weekdays are free
1: I am gonna lose it because I've already <laughs> ranted about the semi-open <laughs> sentence here so many times. I don't understand it. I mean, I understand it for criminals yeah. that actually deserve to be reintroduced to society, but not for yeah, people. But, I mean like definitely these spaces of ship. Shit, not ship <laughs> shit. Like ship the mm-hmm. motherfucking Nahdoni and his smiley little ass, like I can't. But did you see they <laughs> revoked his right to go out for Father's Day? Really? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Because he, yeah. he uh, if you guys haven't heard our Isabella Mahdoni episode, go back and go listen to it. It's amazing. Second episode, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, not the crime mm-hmm. itself, but we are just amazing. So everything we do is great. You should just um, keep re
2: listening to our episodes.
1: Yeah. So he fucking like murdered his kid and he was going to be let out for a Father's Day. Like, <sighs> I can't. And I understand that this is like something that was created for you know, people who are in jail but Mm
2: -hmm.
1: want to be with their families uh, in, like, special occasions like Father's Day, Christmas, yada, yada, which I understand. I don't think that everybody that's in jail doesn't deserve to see Mm. their family forever, but, like, it's a matter of common sense for me. Like, if you murder your kid, you shouldn't be let out for Father's Day. But, again, also understand that they can't pick and choose who they're going to apply the lawsuit, so...
2: Yeah. Yeah. So as per Lucas's family, they are sure that Silvio wasn't the only person responsible for the murder. They wrote a book about the, pres- the about their perspective on the case. So the book is titled Traído pela Obediência. So that is betrayed by obedience, which I mean, it's such a sad title. title right? Yes, yeah. yes yeah so there they describe the ins and outs of what happens when your kid goes missing and what happens when the kid gets murdered. Carlos actually started going to law school to understand the legal system a little better and if, and he actually stopped because he was like completely disgusted by it and he was like, there's so many like breaches and stuff and he was seeing how the people are taking advantage taking advantage of the breaches to like stay out of jail. And he was like, I cannot do this. You know, he stopped going to law school. But uh, I haven't read the book, but I'm sure that the book like goes into those topics and like how I mean, Marion she says that a lot that like the she felt like she was doing something wrong by persecuting people for killing her son. You know, like that's how the justice system fell to them. The
1: book is available on Kindle for four. Kindle. Bucks. There you go. Four dollars. So.
2: With the book and with their actions, they're you know, they were on a media constantly and stuff. They hope to uh be helpful and to inspire other parents that might have gone through the same thing, you know. So they are in a quest for justice and they say that their biggest worry is to have guilty people out roaming the streets and putting other kids at risk. So in February of this year, twenty nineteen, unfortunately Carlos terra died. And he died still hoping for a real resolution. He was actually buried next to Lucas. That's so sad. Yeah, it is. So um, we will end this outline with a quote from him because we love doing that. So he says that I refuse to beg for justice. I'm a Brazilian citizen and it is my right. Justice is justice's obligation. That's very true. That's, Yeah. That's kind of inspiring, but also very sad. But I really appreciate his position, like, refusing to beg for justice. Like, it's, he's just demanding something that should be his right. Like, everyone's right as citizens, you know? So, yeah. mm mm-hmm. Let me just say this. I kind of believe that, that there's more people involved in this. And that it makes sense for me that they would be, like, a little higher up because... Again, the guy, like, um, Galiza wasn't really, like, a real passer, you know? Like, I think he was, like, on the way to becoming one, kind of, but... Yeah. No, definitely. He was the only black person involved in this. It does sound like that there
1: were, like, higher-ups involved, but, like, at the same time, like, the story that he told is, like, pure bullshit. Like, Mm -hmm.
2: it might
1: might be, like, true that more people were involved, but, like, that's definitely not, Mm -hmm. like
2: how things went out. yeah like not what he said i mean another thing that like kind of i chose to not write this there but like i couldn't find a place for it but one thing that i I kept thinking about like this past few days is that uh galiza he didn't know he didn't like have a car he didn't know how to drive so that would mean that he like went he walked with a body
1: yes in
2: a box In a box. So, there's no way, like, I don't know, it's super, it's a super weird story, like, it's definitely not in all of this, like, the story is definitely not all there. I feel like we have a a linear things of what actually happened, and it, all of it did actually happen, but it's not the full, complete truth, you know? Yeah. And maybe he did see something that he wasn't supposed to, but... Again, that doesn't kind of coincide with, like, a pedophile pastor, you know? Yes, yes. But I feel like it was definitely maybe um, someone covered for him. I think it's more more likely that, like, a pastor or something covered for uh, the pastor, you know? There was more people covering up, and that's why it was such a big cover of effort, you know? I don't think they would have went that far out threatening journalists and like the victim's family and friends and like you know giving out fake leads and stuff f- just for like an assistant 21 year old pastor you know yeah no i don't know but i, I guess much we'll, we'll never
1: but. really find out what happened because yeah. i was never gonna let that happen so
2: yeah yeah which is sucks hmm You said you had a story. Right.
1: So I have like mm-hmm. several stories about Universal. Okay. But I think I the, no, not all of them, no. <laughs> I think the funniest one, so they so, you know, I I don't know how it is in like other churches. I've only been to Protestant churches, so I'm not sure if Catholic mm-hmm. churches are like that as well. But typically Protestant churches, you have your little book of um songs that you sing during service and whatever and one of the songs uh said something about victory so Victoria. and i since i was very little i didn't really understand like what church was i just called church Victoria. so whenever we um, drove by like anywhere close to the church to the universal church that I went to I'd be like oh my god mom vittoria 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 like freaking out <laughs> um, and <laughs> the funniest thing that happened to me there I was one of those like very stubborn um kids that like I just wanted to do things my way or the highway and if you didn't let me do it I fucking flip my shit so <laughs> I was like mom I don't need your help going to the bathroom. I can just do it myself. Thank you very much. And of course, I went to the bathroom and got stuck in the fucking so- toilet seat. <laughs> you got stuck in the toilet seat. Yeah, because it was one... You know those little toilet seats for like kids? My butt was too big for that. So I was like... <laughs> so I got stuck. I remember those little toilets. Yeah. Yeah, I got stuck. So I'm like, okay, I need to get up. And like, I'm trying to get up, didn't, I like, couldn't get up by myself. So I'm just sitting there for like 10 minutes. Some girl walks in and she's like, oh, I guess you're using the bathroom, huh? And I'm like, <laughs> no. I guess so. And then after that, I started screaming. My mom. I'm like, Mom, oh my God, Mom, I'm stuck in a toilet. But my mom was an uh, obedient. So, she used to, like, wear the little... Because the obreras they wear the little, like, skirt suits. (laughs) And I thought it was so fancy because they wear, like, black skirts with, like, stockings underneath and, like, black uh, closed-toe shoes and a little blazer. And I was like, this is so Yeah, that's kind of fancy. It's, like, the church leads. I was like, my mom is, like, fancy as fuck. I'm like, damn, mom. You're amazing. But then I grew up and I was like, uh no that wasn't so amazing (laughs) yeah so that was my little story about getting my fat ass stuck in a toilet
2: i have a toilet church story too tell me yeah so i was a very constipated baby again all my church stories they don't happen in the time and place that i actually remember it's all me being a baby right so i was a very constipated baby as i said before and i wouldn't shit i just wouldn't shit you know and we're like at a wedding or something, like someone's <laughs> wedding, and I shat, and that prompted my grandma to just get up and help hold me up like Lion King. Oh. She took a shit, she shat, 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 She was so happy. It was oh, it's still my, my biggest God. accomplishment. Yeah, imagine just me like a baby. Just I'm there just like, picturing yeah, the I smell because yeah.
1: baby poop smells like shit. So. Mm-hmm. Can you just imagine, yeah. like some old lady waving around this pile <laughs> of poop, <laughs> <laughs> like
2: <laughs> waving all this shitty baby right here? Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah, definitely. Most, most definitely. Yeah, but um,
1: with, uh, well, guys, the episode, the story, the case is over. But I'm just gonna talk oh, yeah. because I love okay. the sound of my voice. Lies. Um, That's why
2: I have a podcast.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but the whole thing with churches and, like, tithes and stuff like that is really fucked up. I'm not, a like, I'm all for, like, donating your money to whatever organization that you want to donate. Mm -hmm. But I I don't like how churches um, shame you into donating money or they make you feel like if you don't tithe, you're not going to... um, Go to heaven and like mm-hmm. nothing good's gonna happen in your life. And I don't know. I still have like relatives, my uncles, uh, who say that like, oh, you are only going to evolve financially and become financially stable if you yeah. if you tithe because the Bible. People blah, donate blah, blah,
2: as investments. Yeah. To church.
1: No, but like yeah. no, because when you give to God, God gives back to you. Like no. God just gives me things if God wants me to get things. Like God, like the whole point of God is like God will love you, no matter what you do. So whether no you how sin, your
2: suit jacket is
1: exactly whether you sin or you don't, whether you believe in God or not, God will still love you. That is the whole point of God. So saying that God will grant me financial stability if I give God ten percent of my weekly earnings like how does that make sense i love sense? how there's
2: like a fixed percentage and they still try to get more than that they're like yeah.
1: i when i was uh when i lived with my grandma like i had to tie that was the first and only time that i had to do it cuz she literally forced me like i had so the way it, w- it worked at my uh grandma's church uh, my grandparents were presbyterian so they mm-hmm. had like a wall picture like a wall full of mailboxes That's basically it, but with little envelopes with your name on them. So mine would say Stephanie, Stephanie such and such. My grandma's will say Mrs. So and so, and like yours would say Carol such and such. And then like every first of the month, you had to put your 10% in there.
2: So, you have to like pay rent and like exactly. And it's think like about
1: fucking- in a public oh. place where everyone can see you. So, like, if oh, people don't my. see you walking up there and like putting your money in there, they're like, The fuck, bro? Like, do you even go here? <laughs> so, yeah, <gasps> oh, so it's That's like kind parent. of
2: awful. It's, it's a lot yeah. of peer
1: pressure, like, a lot of peer pressure. Yeah, and they do it because of the peer pressure. Yeah, Jeez. exactly. Um, oof. Yeah, and that's how pastors get rich. Uh, I'm not going to shit mm-hmm. on every pastor though cuz my uncle's a pastor and like
2: No, yeah, I've he, met
1: He's a good pastor, but like a yeah. lot of them are not.
2: <laughs> there's pastors and there's pastors, you know, it's yeah. like Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I'm um, it's like generalizing sucks, but like, you know, it's still
1: yeah especially like Mm -hmm. i have never i actually want to go to the universal uh one of them the ones near my house because i want to see if it's just like the ones i went to in brazil because i went to like when i first moved here i think i told you guys this already but like my mom made me go to church so i can make friends and it was very my experience here was very different from my experience in brazil because although Mm -hmm. there were like a lot there was a lot of like peer pressure at church like (laughs) i always felt like church was somewhere where i was like genuinely happy at like i could sing and no one cared if i was a good or a bad singer i made friends like i like read stories i could dance like Mm -hmm. it didn't really like matter if i was exactly what bad. you're doing
2: on this podcast by exactly the way. yeah so this is my this, new church making friends telling stories <laughs> oh my god uh, this is the church of Susperia. anyway so <laughs> when i <laughs> we're starting a fan cult no
0: no
1: anyway. yeah so no, this is no. gonna be um <laughs> this is gonna be our Sorry. our um fandom name the church <gasps> of Susperia. You heard it here first. This episode. Bookmark No, I don't this. want a
2: fandom name. I don't want a fandom. I, Book- I want you guys to be part of this, not like fans or whatever.
1: No, this is going to be don't listen to Kara <laughs> she doesn't know what she's saying. This is going to okay. be our name, the Church of Susperian. So um, like, although like there is a lot of like bigotry involved in church, like I never felt like oppressed or anything like that really in church. But when i moved here and i started going to church church here was quite different everybody went to church to like talk shit about other people to see who was dressed better than other people to like arrange random ass marriages or to like just show off be like oh my god did you see my new car oh my god this and that and i was like this Mm -hmm. is not church like This isn't what I signed up for. Like, this is fucking stupid. So I stopped going to church and, you know, then I became a freaking rebel and I started speaking up for, like, oppressed people. And now my whole family thinks I'm possessed by the devil. So, (laughs) yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, here, like, there's the Universal, but Universal's not. I mean, there's two Universals, right? There's Universal and then the theme park universal (laughs) (laughs) you're Uh so funny no anyways no but there's the like i don't know anyone that actually like attends universal you know yeah people they like to go to the famous churches that the famous people go to and they go oh my i go to the same church cacao goes to like oh my the silvio santos go to my church you know what i mean like this is where people actually gravitate towards like the Brazilian mega church around here, like the churches that have Brazilian services are like the biggest mega churches, and I've been there. I'm gonna talk this. I'm not gonna tell in what circumstances, but dude, she was selling drugs. Most surreal experience, anyways. Like the amount of money invested in like the facilities and stuff, like in the mega church is. I was kind of like, cause I have never like seen it. You know, like my experiences with churches is like a little different. You know, so. I mean, I could go into my once upon a time religion that I had, but it's a lot different than like mega churches. So I was kind of like, I don't know. I was kind of like, i want to get out of this like as soon as possible. Like it was not a good vibe for me. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I forgot what I was going to say.
1: You were talking about your experience churches here. People go uh, to famous churches. But, uh,
2: I mean, I don't know. I'm not really part of the Brazilian community here. Like, But of what I know of people, everyone is going to the same church. So. See,
1: a lot of people go to a lot of uh, different churches here in, um, mm-hmm. in my area, like south of Boston. Um, there is like a somewhat like famous church around my area but it's not like famous because like rich people or famous people go there it's just Mm -hmm. famous because like the pastor has been a pastor there for like forever or like 25 years so um yeah i don't really know anyone who goes to universal here although like the two chapters of universal that i know are like One is like 25 minutes away from my house, the other one's 40 minutes Mm -hmm. away. So it could be that Brazilians in those specific towns go there, but I'm not too sure. Haven't really heard of anyone who goes there.
2: I remember the first time I went past Universal here, and I was like, I kind of like broke my neck. I was like, What? Like, you know, because it literally (laughs) looked like they had removed the building from brazil and placed it right here yes it looks so bizarre yes like when you see the logo with the little hands you're like what is this like where am i like you kind of like lose it i don't know yeah super weird yeah
1: yep Mm
2: so so anyways i'm gonna go back to what i said in the beginning of the episode and um recommend that you guys listen to the podcast, um, Caso Evandro, the season, Caso Evandro, by uh, Projeto Humanos. Please do that. I know we have Brazilian listeners. Stop consuming true crime just in English if you know Portuguese. I recently started and I do not regret it. So go li- guys, it's I mean I kinda knew about the case, but Is it Projeto Manos
1: like Osmano Po, Asmina Pa. Like
2: that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, <okay. laughs> no projetos humanos. Oh my god, no. Projeto humanos.
1: Humanos. Oh, okay. Humanos.
2: Like humans. Humans. Okay. Pro- so projeto pro
1: No, I got I got I don't found know how it. To spell. Why no, why I'm do they have Dr. Death in Portuguese? The fuck?
2: Yeah, they dude. They are um Yo, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Over now. I'm
1: going to hit them up and be like, "Hey, do you want to do?" They a have Doctor
2: Muerte in Portuguese and Doctor and Doctor Muerte in Spanish, and I'm sure they have it on like every language now. They're translating. I'm gonna hit the up podcast. these people and be like, "Do you want to do a collab?" They should translate "Um Dirty John" and be like "João Sujo." <laughs> What else? What other podcasts they have? Mm. Up and Vanished. Levantou e sumiu.
1: Last podcast on the left. <laughs> último podcast na esquerda.
2: Can you imagine? Like getting <laughs> someone from like Tubboel to like scream in the microphone. <laughs> All right. Shoutouts this week go to Taina, Michelle, Leah, Bridget, Gislena, Kristen, and our listeners from Santa Maria, Colombia. Hey, what's up, Santa Maria? Woohoo! How's it yes. going? Do your hips lie, Steph? Please don't be very prejudiced with our listeners <laughs> from Colombia. <laughs> I'm if sorry. every time we talk about Colombia, we're gonna talk about Shakira, I'm out. Fine, I'll talk if about my <laughs> <laughs> I'll
1: just switch the Colombian singer. I have plenty okay. on my All list.
2: Right. Plenty? Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. Hmm. Again, I'll re- reiterate what I said uh, when we started the episode. Now that you are almost done with this and you're like, what am I going to listen to afterwards? You're going to open your podcast up, uh, app and you're going to be like, huh, let me write a Nationals review for these people. Five stars, not four, not three, not one. Five stars and give us constructive criticisms. Five stars, so we welcome that. But um, yeah. Uh, please, please, please write us an iTunes review. We need them. We thrive on them. And we're waiting for them. You have one day. Seven days. No, I'm I'm trying to do the Office thing. Okay, we have to quote at least one The Office. But you have one day. Yeah okay if you don't leave me an
1: itunes review i'll send it back
2: (laughs) (laughs) i hope you guys have a good end of the world and until next week yeah ciao laters haters ciao Mm -hmm. thank you for listening to another episode of Susperia, a true crime podcast if you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information, please check out our previous episodes and write us a five star review on Apple Podcasts.
1: And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Susperia Podcast. Facebook is also Susperia Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Susperia Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting.
2: We do, actually.
1: If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at SuspiriaPodcasts at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite.
2: Ciao! Ciao!